You're listening to Visions of Education, a podcast where we take a look at big ideas in education from different perspectives. Hi, I'm Michael Milton, a high school teacher from Massachusetts. And I'm Dan Kretka, an education professor in Texas. We're here to help bridge the gap between educators in the K-12 and those professors in higher ed. We hope this podcast will help bring those fuzzy ideas in education into focus. Dan, how are you? It's been a long time, hasn't it? It does seem like it has. It has been a long time. What's it been? We haven't recorded in two, two and a half weeks. This is our longest gap. How was your trip? Are you all recovered and ready for the school year? <laughs> I went to Mount Vernon and then I went to Stanford, uh, both for a week and Albuquerque. It was intense and I'm a little tired and I just got my luggage back. So there's that. Well, you're going to have to fill me in. Did you take some good notes on your trip? <laughs> I did. I bring a notebook uh, whenever I go to one of these PDs, and I do take notes. Sometimes they're not the most detailed as I, as I used to be. But ideally, it's helpful when I look back at it. Yeah. But you've taken notes in your life, right? Yeah. I, I feel like I need help. I feel like I don't know what I'm doing yeah. when I take notes. I write, I like pretty much when I, when I want to really understand something, I feel like I basically retype the whole book or article um, and it ends up being way too long and way too much information. Um, It generally works, but it's very time consuming. And I feel the same way as a teacher. I I was not always sure what to have my students do. I, I, you know, Cornell notes are popular. There are other forms of notes and, and I see the benefits, but I also felt sometimes like, I don't know if I would take notes that way. So I was always struggling with what to tell my students. And I would usually show them a bunch of stuff and say, choose what works best for you. Well, choose your own adventure action. Yeah. I like all, and like, I always admire people that do sketch notes and stuff. And I'm like, I don't know how you do that. <laughs> like, like draw, pic- draw the pictures of like ideas. Oh, I draw pictures sometimes. Yeah. I figured you would. Yeah. We actually have a great guest who's here to talk about note-taking, specifically for students with academic learning disabilities. Um, So why don't we actually introduce Joe Boyle from Temple University. Joe, how are you? Good. How about yourself? Fantastic. Thank you so much for coming. Sure. Do you mind just telling people a little bit about yourself? Okay. So uh, I'm currently an associate professor at Temple University in special education. I'm kind of my academic background, I went to Penn State. I grew up in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. So I went to Penn State as a, an undergrad and then went there for my master's program. Uh, and it was it was at Penn State that I uh, ran into a guy by the name of Charlie Hughes. He's a professor up there. And he, um, he and I got talking about just different academic interventions to help kids with disabilities. And uh, he encouraged me to, to go to the University of Kansas to apply there for my PhD, uh, which I did and was accepted and went through their program. Okay, so you you did leave Pennsylvania at some point. I did eventually leave Pennsylvania. I think that was like the first time I was out of this out of a state, you know, for for more than uh, two weeks or so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and so, did you- the University of Kansas is the place to go for special education, right? I feel like everyone I know in special education went to KU. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a, it was a great experience, and it was a, a great learning experience, and uh, just a great environment, kind of an incubator for helping young post teachers or young researchers um, 
kind of jump in and, and to, to find their line of research in, in special education. Great. Can, did, you, did you teach in the schools? Did you spend time in the schools too? Or what, what's your experience yeah. with K-12 education? Uh, essentially, I, I worked for seven years as a teacher in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. It was inner city Harrisburg, but you know when I compare it to inner city Philadelphia, there's really no comparison uh, in terms of a lot of the inner city uh, issues that, that folks have to deal with and teachers have to deal with in particular. So I worked with kids who, who had a variety of disabilities, uh, students with autism. I kind of it was kind of a mixed mixed group of dis- kids with disabilities autism, um, learning disabilities, intellectual disabilities, cognitive disabilities. So I I kind of work with a a variety of kids and on a kind of a variety of different levels. Was it with the inclusion model or were they pulled out? Well, uh, this was late 1980s. So we weren't, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania wasn't quite into inclusion yet. Inclusion movement really kind of didn't, didn't catch on until the early 90s, 1990s. So it was a lot of kind of push in where we try to, we look for kids with disabilities, look for their strengths and try to push them into those classes in which they do well with. So Joe, you have really specifically looked at, um, your big idea you've kind of studied is how students with disabilities can succeed with note taking. Can you tell us a little bit about your research and and what you've learned? Sure. So uh, the University of Kansas has a strategic intervention model in which they believe in developing first-letter mnemonic strategies to help kids become autonomous learners. So a lot of my research kind of delves around looking at specific skill deficits and then developing some type of first-letter mnemonic strategy to help kids. So with my um, the note-taking strategy that I developed, it uses a little acronym CUES. The C is for cluster, the U is for uh, use teacher cues, uh, the E is for enter vocabulary, and the S is study your notes or share your notes. So it provides kids with a little bit of structure there in terms of steps for recording notes. And then we it goes into more detail as we train kids um, with disabilities. I like that the U is to use teachers' cues. Yeah, and there's different types of cues that teachers use out there. Uh, the two main ones are their, their importance cues where teachers say, um, this is important to remember, you know, you need to use this later, this will be on the test. Uh, whatever the particular cue is, it's information that teachers feel is really important for students. So those are really, really important notes that students, those lecture points that students need to get in their notes. The other type of, of notes, I call them number cues, is where a teacher will use a number. So they'll say there's three types of fungi. There's uh, two types of viruses, whatever it happens to be. So those cues help kids kind of organize information in terms of this is an important chunk of information and there's different components to it. What have your studies kind of shown? Have they shown that students are able to, you know, retain knowledge better, do better on academic tests, to have more enjoyment in their learning? What are the kind of things you found? So just kind of a little bit of background. We know that First of all, students in general, uh, middle grades and, and secondary high school kids, are just poor note takers. Uh, they generally record only somewhere between maybe 25 to 40 percent of the lecture information. Um, and obviously, we don't want them to record every single word that we say because it's going to, you know, that it's going to lead to um, even worse recall when they're trying to record every single word. So we teach kids to record the important stuff. 
and to try to identify what's important to record. So with the with the cue strategy, what I've done is I've tried to say to kids, the important things are when teachers use teacher cues, then that's something that's important to get in your notes. Uh, another important aspect is vocabulary. Whenever you hear a vocabulary word, try to write down as much as you can the word in definition or word in example, whatever the teacher happens to be giving. Because that information is, those both of those important lecture points and vocabulary are moderately positively correlated with test scores. So, you know, like 0.54, somewhere around there. In other words, we know that this is the stuff, This teachers are going to use that information then to develop testing quizzes. So students who can record those notes and record those important lecture points and vocabulary words will do better on testing quizzes that teachers give on that particular content. It's interesting. I just took a class at Stanford on the culturally responsive classroom, and one of the big pushes that they did was also vocabulary and coming up with uh, student-made definitions or student-made um, uh, synonyms so this way they can access the, the language. That's primarily for ELL students, English language mm-hmm. learners. That's really interesting yep. that it also works the same here. Uh, yes. It, uh, Not I, the it, same, but... Yeah, in a similar manner. So, so my note-taking uh, was with the students with um, mild disabilities, learning disabilities, you know, ADHD, um, and inclusive science classrooms. So in science, I often say that vocabulary, the vocabulary of science is the language of science. In other words, if they can't use those vocabulary words, they're not speaking science, whatever the the topic happens to be. That's kind of the way I view it, is is that vocabulary is is really crucial, particularly in content areas. So would you say that kind of, and maybe this is a key to education in general, but a key to note-taking is for them to kind of make the knowledge their own? Is it about active learning? Is that uh, taking the lecture and taking the discussion or talk that can sometimes be passive and making it active? Well, uh, yes, active learning is important during note-taking because active learning during note-taking does lead to kind of this, what they call a generative effect. So in other words, kids learn the content as the recording notes. Just the physical act of recording notes, students are learning information. But note-taking also serves as a second purpose. So the purpose of notes is to record information from that lecture because once the lecture's over, that information's lost. So in other words, so students learn once during as they take notes, and then they learn a second time as they study those notes, particularly if they're complete notes. So this is where we really need to, to kind of help students out is that we need to, to help them in, during, you know, become active during note-taking. And then uh, by the same token, we need to make sure that they have complete notes of those important uh, lecture points. So one method that often my students are, at least in my school, that it's written into their their guidance plan, their individual education plan, is that I have to give them my notes. Um, How does giving notes, or does giving notes help them, or does that reinforce the passivity of learning? Um, that, that's a very good question, and it's kind of a complicated answer. So first of all, we know that just the act of note-taking will enhance learning. So if students are recording notes, it's going to enhance learning. Even if they have a disability, it can only record a few words. It's still going to help them 
to follow along with the lecture and to kind of be actively involved in that process. And my, my own feeling is that we shouldn't necessarily be giving kids notes until, if we do that, we shouldn't really do it until after a lecture in which they could then fill in their own notes. I think that's acceptable. But we need to get, but kids, they, they really need to, again, going back to this autonomous learners, they need to learn how to record notes so they're no longer dependent upon the teacher. So when they go to college, obviously their professors aren't going to just hand over their notes and say, here are the notes for the day. It's a skill that they need to learn and they need to learn it, you know, as early as possible. Uh, you know, probably fourth, fifth grade, they should begin learning, learning note taking. Okay. So, so what, um, are some of the biggest mistakes you see in, in the way teachers do note taking for all students, but particularly students with disabilities? Probably the, the biggest mistake is that teachers, they, they talk too fast. I totally do. <laughs> and that's actually one of students, when we, when we kind of ask students, what are kind of the complaints, you know, if you had to give teachers advice, what would it be? That's often the number one, number one thing they say. The teachers, they speak too fast. I can't record what they're saying. So that, that's kind of the, the first thing teachers should be aware of. And they should, they should put pauses in every now and then if that's what it takes to kind of slow things down to help kids record that important information. And they should also teach kids to recognize teacher, the, the, the kind of the teacher cues. So when a teacher says uh, it's important to remember uh, that the nucleus of a, of a cell contains DNA, then they should pause or stop and look around to make sure all students are kind of recording that important lecture point. Sometimes when I, when, you know, I take a pause, I get a little bit nervous because sometimes the sound of silence deafens me. Like I get really, <laughs> and, and so then I start to make jokes, uh, which is not the best thing to do. That, that's why we teach wait time. I know a lot of our teacher ed colleagues, we, we rather, I try to get students comfortable with silence. And I like to have those awkward moments in my own classroom. At first, they're only awkward at first because people are not used to them, right? We fill it. And teachers feel it when we're nervous. We feel the silence with our own voice oftentimes. So um, wait time is important because I always say that's students' thinking time. They realize they really have to act, you know, actively participate in what we're doing. Right, and it's important that they understand that during that wait time or whatever, or pause, some teachers is what they call a pause procedure in which they pause for two minutes and let kids kind of catch up on their notes or share notes with their neighbor. Um, oh, that's a good they, idea. The, the teachers need to make sure that students understand what to do during that point, that they're not just, it's not just a pause to take a break and to talk about, you know, what happened yesterday or, or what was on TV or whatever, or the Olympics. Uh, but they should be, you know, focus on some type of activity during that pause. So one of the things that I read on one of your papers, it was a form that uh, you're using for the strategic note-taping that starts with what is today's topic? Can you talk a little bit about that form? I thought it was actually fantastic. Sure. Um, so the, the purpose of that is to go along with this to be, it's used with the Q strategy. So, um, I, you know, one thing on there is kind of like it's tests into prior knowledge. So what do you know about the topic? Um, what's today's topic? You know, put your name on the page, put your um, today's date. Um, oftentimes, 
students don't record notes. And I'm not sure if, as a teacher if you've ever had this experience where you tell kids to go back to a certain date when you were talking about a particular topic in their notes that they kind of page through and oftentimes they can't find it because either they didn't, they didn't write the topic down or they didn't write the date down or it just isn't in their notes. It does happen. Yeah. Part of it is, is this organization. Let's get kids organized, tap into prior knowledge, and then kind of jump into the lecture in terms of, you know, what's today's topic and what's the important stuff that kids should know. And kind of getting back to that. So teachers, one thing that teachers should should do, and they, they probably already do this, is that they should figure out, they should understand that kids can't learn every single thing that they say and that every single word is not something that kids need to record in their notes. You know, they, they have to figure out what, when kids leave my class, what do I want them to remember from that lecture? And kind of, so, so they kind of, you know, should have an outline of, I want them to remember this, this particular topic or, or subtopic or this concept or this concept and this concept. They, they should really, uh, you know, I know out in schools it's a lot of content coverage and trying to cover as much content as you can because they're, uh, you know, state testing puts a lot of pressure on teachers to cover content. But they should really kind of be cognizant in, in terms of thinking, what exactly do I want students to remember? And kind of highlight that in their own if, if they're using lecture notes or some type of outline that, that kind of helps frame that this is the important stuff that I want students to remember. So one of the things that I saw, and maybe this is like during the, either for like an exit ticket or maybe during the, the pause procedure, name three to six main points with details of today's topic. So when, when kids are recording notes, I'm trying to get them to record three to six main points, little chunks of information at a time, so that they're, they're beginning to see, okay, here's a subtopic. Okay, now he's have another subtopic, so let's put it here another subtopic, another subtopic. So they're, I'm trying to get kids to kind of chunk information as during the lecture. And along with that chunking, again, they're going to record any teacher cued points as well as any vocabulary during that time as well. It's so interesting because then it's helpful because then when students go back through their notes to study for a test or just, just to, you know, to, to make use of their, they can go back to those chunks that they've created. Yeah. And, and that's, it's, we're trying to provide kids with a cognitive framework, if you will, of that. And I, I kind of view that as part of the lecture. So, yeah, yeah. So what are some other ways that teachers might be able to use the strategic notes that you've talked about? Well, it, again, I, I've just looked at it for lectures. I know, I know that some teachers will use note-taking techniques for stuff that, that students are supposed to read. So they may... They might be able to modify this in some way to have kids use it as they read to kind of pull out content from a, a, a textbook chapter that they're reading um, or an article they read. Um, a lot of that is more uh, summarizing, you know. When, you know, during a lecture, it's so a lecture is a different task than reading. So a reading you can always go back to and you can slow it down. A lecture is really a really complex learning task when you think of it. Because students are trying to, they hear information, a, a lecture point, and they're processing the information, and then they have to try to translate or paraphrase it into kind of words that they understand, and then they have to record it. 
And then as they're recording it, they're also, there's more lecture information coming in. And, I mean, there are researchers who say note-taking, they looked at the kind of the cognitive complexity of it, and it's up there with playing chess. Oh, wow. In terms of how complex it is. And again, it's because it's because it's it's this active process that's occurring, and if kids can't keep up, they're going to miss lecture points. And if that lecture point relates to another lecture point, it's kind of this snowballing effect that, that they, you know, and I've seen kids actually just eventually give up when they're just take, recording regular notes. So particularly kids with disabilities, if they can't keep up with lecture, they can't record notes. And so, again, I'm trying to teach them, here's, here's a technique that you can use to, to try to record some notes. The important thing, again, kind of getting back to get, you know, do we give kids notes or should we teach them to record their own notes? Even if the child has, has written language difficulties, I think it's always important just to have them record some notes, even if they're just uh, vocabulary words or key words in the lecture. We're heading into the school year, and I feel like that I want to make sure that students are supported, and I feel like the strategic note system that you developed is actually fantastic. I like, I like the acronym, the Q acronym. Yeah, and it's interesting when I teach the strategy to, to kids. Um, you know, I, I start off by saying, okay, so what is a Q? And it, those kids in band or who were uh, in a group or something, you know, musical group, they, they often understand a cue is when somebody tells you when you begin to play. And I relate that to them. I say, that's good. So when a teacher gives a cue, that's something important to record in your notes. So I try to make that analogy, you know, for them in terms of, because that, even just the word cue, they may not understand what that means. Yeah. Well, listen, thank you so much for joining us today. I feel like that I've, uh, I've leveled up uh, by learning about Q. Well, thanks for having me on. So, Joseph, where can our listeners find you or your work online? Do you have any social media spaces or places where they can find your academic articles? I have a website, um, but the, the grant funding ran out, <laughs> as you know. Uh, so, uh, but it's a strategic note-taking website. Um, it actually, if they type in the word, do a Google search, strategic note-taking, and my name, Joseph Boyle, they're more than likely will come up with that uh, website. It's really uh, just provides materials on that website. So I'm on I'm on ResearchGate, and there are actually a lot of my articles are available from there as well. Great. We will definitely uh, find some links to those sites and yeah. we will add those to our show notes and just thank you so much for joining us today we uh, hope to continue the discussion online and in other spaces alright well thanks for having me on I forget the next line that I'm supposed to it's say The subscribe to our podcast <laughs> <laughs> and listeners if you haven't already make sure to check us out on iTunes and Stitcher and if you write us a five-star review, then we will read it on the air. You can find me on Twitter. I'm at Dan Krutka. And I'm at 42 Think Deep. Until next time, this is the Visions of Education podcast signing off. <laughs>